common ground, alternative activists, empowerment, talk radio, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro, that's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? Let's speak about what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person. Because ultimately, our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House. African descent family, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on action block, auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experience, experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education, and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America? No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God... Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. Transforming truth truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. And good evening and welcome to Our Common Ground. I am Janice Graham, one year older today. And thank you all for your well wishes, your extensions of your thoughts and prayers and acknowledgement of how I walk this earth. Thank you so very much. We hope that uh, you are safe if you're in the snow eclipse. I'll give you an update. Uh, It is still snowing in Washington, D.C., and Baltimore, and New York City. And it is expected that it will be snowing until very late into the morning in those areas. It did not start snowing until after 4 o'clock here in Boston. And uh, it's nothing. It's a dusting. Oh, let's get over it. Because uh, Boston seemed to have sidestepped uh, the cataclysmic warnings, weather warnings that 
uh, we had gotten earlier in the week. We hope you are well. We hope that you did something productive with the national observance of Martin Luther King Day on last Monday. And uh, that you are settling into a new year of productive activism, understanding your end game. Here tonight at Our Common Ground, we're going to be talking about Flint, Flint, Michigan, the poisoning of its citizens with knowledge and the distortion and really criminal cover-up for more than a year by officials. The Flint story has so many dimensions to it, and it really begins, if you think about it, in our coverage last year of what was going on in Flint. If you really think about it, it is well-connected in the destruction of the city of Detroit, not only in its historical context, but also in its political context and the gentrification and destruction of traditional African-American communities, both in Detroit and in Flint. I think that the damage done by the callousness and apathy on the part of federal, state, and local leaders and officials uh, is simply criminal. There is no way in which you can look at what happened there and not understand that it is criminal. Uh, for those of you who are new to us and you are listening, you can join us in our chat room uh, with other guests and listeners at blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. We want you to know that our, uh, we have a lot of information to cover tonight. However, we are taking your calls throughout the broadcast, which is different. 347-838-9852. If you would like to follow us with our references relative to this particular episode talking about Flint, you can go to our Facebook page, Our Common Ground, um, and we have an event. And each week uh, we provide reference materials to the episode uh, the latest that I have posted is a HuffingtonPost.com article uh, that is titled Rick Snyder's Misleading Claim About Who Changed Flint's Water. There is a Al Jazeera America um, video of their coverage in 2013. They reported this event 2014, a year ago, there are articles from the New York Times looking at the depraved indifference toward Flint and the coverage, the very fine coverage uh, and detailed coverage by the Ma Rachel Maddow on the Rachel Maddow Show on MSNBC at the beginning of the month. She has been 
this without relenting. Um, so, <clears throat> and you'll have to excuse me tonight. I, as always, as my mother would say, I had a co- I get a cold every week. Um, I'll be coughing a little, but um, just indulge me around that. There was an interesting column. Um, which I suggest that uh, you get a hold of at the New York Times by Charles Blow, The Poisoning of Flint's Water. And some of this coverage, uh, Route50.com, Who Poisoned Flint? Uh, And, of course, CNN and Democracy Now!, MSNBC, everybody decided two weeks ago that this was an important, a very important story. There is also uh, an article that you should read, and and I will be sharing some of it with you, by an Our Common Ground voice, Marsha Coleman Adebayo. Um, It appeared in TheGuardian.com, and the title is The EPA's Lack of Integrity Has Cost the Lead Poisoned Children of Flint Dearly. If you will recall, if you were with us when Marsha, uh, Coleman, Dr. Marsha Coleman Adebayo uh, was with us, she is the author of the book No Fear. She is a former senior scientist with the EPA. She is also a whistleblower and what and won the largest settlement court settlement with EPA relative to racial discrimination and to her status as a whistleblower. It's very, very interesting that um, that she would be writing about this particular uh, travesty, this crime. And one of the things that we want to talk with you about tonight is criminal responsibility, who is going to be responsible? Um, I just think that uh, this story, put in mind, will not end well. Lead poisoning is irreversible. There is little hope for Flint's predominantly black children. There are eight thousand black children and if you have been following Michael Moore who is a resident and native of Flint, Michigan, you know that there are eight thousand children who are residents of Flint and they all have been poisoned. Just stop and think about it for a moment. I think uh, Dr. Marsha Coleman Adebayo's uh, piece in the Guardian at theguardian.com is very important because she was a whistleblower for the EPA. And one of the things that she points out, even after our President Barack Obama talked about how he would feel as a parent if this had happened to his children, our federal government officials knew, and they had known for more than a year.
Now, it's really interesting, and this is why I bring up our Common Ground voice, uh, Marsha Coleman Adebayo's take on this on this particular issue, because she was a whistleblower on a corporation's as an EPA employee on a corporation's poisoning of vanadium miners in Brits, South Africa. She was the EPA's representative to the Core Mbiki Commission after South Africa gained its independence. And she reported to the EPA the minor symptoms of green tongues bleeding from every, every or, or, orifice and cancers. And the agency's response was to tell her to shut up. And when she refused, the officials at the EPA, including the secretary of the EPA, Carol Browner, retaliated, discriminated, and created a hostile work environment for which she had to seek legal redress. Folks, that's your dollars at work. So before we begin to talk about Flint and the crimes against the citizens of Flint, the crimes of robbing the citizens of a democratic voice by removing their elected officials and poisoning 8,000 children who live there, and covering it up for more than a year while these children and other citizens did not have the ability to seek proper care. And still not taking criminal responsibility for the decisions that led to this travesty. Ten people have died. Eighty-six are now suffering from Legionnaire's disease, which Flint, Michigan hospital officials have identified came from the water of the Flint River. Rachel Maddow did an outstanding job of outlining, highlighting, and framing all of those issues, and we'll hear from her now. You know that we're a representative democracy, right? We elect our leaders at the federal level, at the state level, at the local level. We hold elections. The people who win those elections because they get the most votes, those people get put in charge of government. That's the way it works. Except in the one place where they decided to not do it that way anymore. And that place is in Michigan. Republican Governor Rick Snyder, at the start of his first term as governor, he signed legislation that lets him overturn elections, basically, wherever he wants to. Yeah, you can still vote for your mayor or your school board member or whatever, but if Rick Snyder doesn't like what you and your neighbors decided in your little election, then he has the power to step in. The state can step in and effectively void local election results. They can take your elected mayor or your elected city council or your elected school board and strip them of their power and instead install someone of the governor's choosing to run things solo, by fiat, answering to no one other than the governor. It's kind of a remarkable idea, right? 
And this idea that if your town needs fixing somehow, something's wrong in your town, democracy is not going to be part of the solution. It's not going to be the way you solve that problem. Democracy is the problem. Democracy has to got, be gotten rid of if we're going to fix things in Michigan towns and cities. Governor Rick Snyder knows best, so he will sweep away your elected officials and instead install someone to run your town, to fix it without pesky democracy and voters electing people getting in the way. It's such a radical idea. Just a, it's a radical idea, let alone a thing to go through with and do. I still almost can't believe it's real all these years after we started covering it. But very quietly, this is the very radical thing that Michigan has started doing. It's, it's been going on for a few years now. Rick Snyder's in his second term as governor now. It's been going on long enough now that we can see some of how it works. Turns out, with a few exceptions, towns or school boards that get put under this emergency management state oversight, turns out in most cases, they never really come out of it again. I mean, in theory, the idea is to hit pause on democracy so real work can get done fixing places, and then democracy can unpause and start up again in those places once these big problems have been fixed. That's the theoretical idea. That has mostly not been the way it has worked. Places under emergency management seem to just stay under emergency management. They just stay broken. And therefore, the democratic form of government just doesn't get switched back on in those places. That's mostly how it works. And, turns out, we can now say, having one non-elected overseer making basically autocratic, solo, personal decisions by fiat we now know that that is a form of governance that leads to, in Michigan's case, some notorious consequences. Like, for example, when the emergency manager of the school district in Detroit moves to close down that city's only school specifically for pregnant girls and young mothers. And when the pregnant girls and young mothers protested, police ended up dragging them bodily from the building. Or when the emergency manager in Pontiac, Michigan, sold the Silver Dome for pennies on the dollar to a company that then let the roof cave in, or when the emergency manager for the city of Detroit shut off the water to thousands of inhabited homes. The outrage and the outcry and the flat-out desperation over denying people drinking water, that got so loud that the people of Detroit were heard by the United Nations. Special rapporteurs from the UN were dispatched to Detroit to study the situation as a world-class international human rights violation. Well, now here's another one. And this one is just astonishing. And you know what? It is not a local story. It is a story about truly, unbelievably reckless radicalism in our country. A story about which it is starting to become inconceivable that nobody has gone to jail or been impeached or been recalled from office. This is the subject of our special report tonight, and, and this is how it starts. This is another one of these orders by an emergency manager. You'll see this one is dated June 2013. See right up at the top there. By the emergency manager. Hire an engineering firm to get the town ready for using, quote, the Flint River as a primary drinking water source. At the time, uh, the state-appointed one-man government for Flint, Michigan, uh, the state-appointed emergency manager was trying to carry out a plan that the city council had voted for back in the day, which was to try to save money by having Flint no water buy its drinking water from Detroit. They'd always bought water from Detroit, but it was expensive, and they decided that Flint was broke, they needed to save money, they needed to get a better deal for Flint, and so they wanted to use a new water system, be part of a new water system that was still under construction. In the meantime, while that new water system was still under construction, the city of Flint had a choice to make. They could make some sort of 
kind of short-term deal with Detroit, which the emergency manager said was really too expensive, or they could MacGyver some kind of solution for where they would get their water now that they were quitting Detroit, but the new system wasn't ready. They needed something to bridge between getting out of Detroit and getting into that new system. Flint's emergency manager decided not to try to work something out with Detroit, but instead they went with option B. They decided to MacGyver it. He signed that order, that June 2013 order, to, for Flint to get ready to use the Flint River as a primary drinking water source for at least a couple of years. A few months after that, April 2014, with Flint now being run by yet another emergency manager, Flint unhooked itself from Detroit's water and started drinking from the mighty, mighty Flint River. The following month, that new emergency manager in Flint decided to sell the pipe between Flint and Detroit. So if anything went wrong with this new MacGyvered solution of getting the water from the river, well, now there was no going back. The emergency manager sold off literally the pipe that would let them go back to Detroit water if for any reason they needed to. He basically sold the escape hatch, right? He sold the eject button. So Flint was committed to drinking from the river, this idea they'd come up with. The Detroit water, the water they used to be on, that was water from the Great Lakes. The water they were switching to was river water from the Flint River. And if you talk to people who know about this stuff, they will tell you that you do not switch from drinking lake water to drinking river water, as Flint did, without taking certain precautions. River water has a different chemical balance, uh, which basically boils down to rivers being saltier than big lakes, and that makes river water more corrosive. So you have to take steps to keep river water from basically eating the old pipes, which are held together with lead soldering. If you let the untreated, corroded, salty river water eat the pipes, the lead leaches out of those pipes and gets into the water. And lead in the water makes people really, really sick. There's no level of lead in water that is considered safe. But if you take in way too much lead, it's rashes and skin lesions and hair loss and also permanent neurological damage, particularly if you're exposed as a kid. It can lead to lowered IQ, emotional problems, behavioral problems works. It's not that you should never use river water for drinking water. Plenty of places do. You just have to do this one thing. You just have to do it safely. You have to treat the water first so it doesn't corrode the pipes. We now know that the state of Michigan, the Snyder administration, told Flint it was okay to switch to that new water source without the anti-corrosion treatment. And so they did. They just made the switch. And first came reports that the new water smelled bad. It stung in the shower. In some homes, when you poured it in the tap, it came out rusty colored or it came out looking like maybe it was a light beer. Next came news that a local General Motors plant had a problem with the new water. It was corroding the engine parts built at that factory. GM started bringing in semi-trucks full of water to use at their plant. They knew they had to get Flint's terrible new water away from their car parts. Meanwhile, the state, the Rick Snyder administration, the state environmental agency started to get in test results showing that the level of lead in Flint water was rising. And it started at six parts per billion within six months. That had nearly doubled to 11 parts per billion. Around the same time, somebody leaked a copy of an EPA memo warning that some very, very high lead levels were showing up in Flint water samples. When that EPA memo started making headlines, the state of Michigan denounced the EPA worker who wrote it as a, quote, rogue employee. So the Snyder administration knows that lead levels are rising. 
That EPA report shows very high, very worrying lead levels in some samples from some Flint homes. The Rick Snyder administration at the time had an answer for an increasingly worried public who was looking at this stuff going on and starting to realize that there might really be a problem. And the Snyder administration's message to an increasingly worried public was, relax, relax, people, jeez. Let me start here. Uh, anyone who is concerned about lead in the drinking water in Flint can, can relax. Uh, there, there is no broad problem right now that we've seen with lead in the drinking water in Flint. So that was the word from the Rick Snyder administration in July. Literally, relax. There's no broad problem that we have seen with lead in the drinking water in Flint. Turns out there was a broad problem with the drinking water in Flint. And the Snyder administration, so obviously not caring about it, spurred other people to action when they saw that the state did not care. A MacArthur Genius Award-winning drinking water expert drove 15 straight hours from Virginia Tech to start testing Flint's water. When he got the results, he went back to Flint and held a press conference on the lawn in front of City Hall to show Flint's water eating through an iron nail. He told the people of Flint, do not drink this water. A local doctor started studying blood samples from kids in Flint. Her results were scary and stunning. The proportion of kids with elevated lead in their blood was nearly double what it had been before the town switched its water source, just in a matter of a few months. In some neighborhoods, the danger had tripled, not doubled. The first guy, the professor, says the Snyder administration dismissed him as basically a huckster when he presented the results of his testing. The state described him as a magician who pulls the same rabbit out of a hat wherever he goes. The Flint doctor who tried to tell them that Flint kids were getting lead poisoning, the Snyder administration told people not to believe her. They said that doctor's results were spliced and diced. And in any case, the Snyder administration said those results were, quote, not related to the water supply. So relax, people. Drink your water. Six glasses a day, they say. The Snyder administration held that line in public until finally they could not hold that line anymore. And then finally, after... Flint kids had been drinking this poisonous water for 17 months. In late September, Governor Rick Snyder conceded that maybe possibly lead might be a problem in Flint, saying for the first time, quote, it appears that water lead levels could be higher or have increased since the town switched to river water. There are, quote, probably things that weren't fully understood when the switch was made. You think? You think maybe some things went a little cockeyed here? And now the kids who grew up in Flint are going to have to deal with it the rest of their lives with points irreversibly shaved off their IQs and learning disabilities and behavioral problems irreversibly for their whole lives. You think maybe somebody didn't think this thing through? It appears. On Monday, this week, the mayor of Flint, Michigan, just personally declared a state of emergency, a state of man-made emergency, she called it, in Flint basically just declaring herself as mayor, saying, saying even now that the governor is acknowledging finally that what these emergency managers decided and what his state agencies did, now that he's acknowledging that that might be a problem here, the fixing of this problem is a matter that needs more help than anybody wants to count on Rick Snyder to be able to give. If you want to know where things stand now, reporters asked Governor Snyder again yesterday whether his administration is ready to help the kids who quite literally have been poisoned because of his administration in Flint. Watch this. This is just amazing. 
Representative Dan Kildee is called saying, looking down the road, we're going to be needing more state resources and more federal resources to be able to help the children who might have been affected by this. Do you agree that the state will have to kick in some kind of money somewhere down the line? Well, again, we've already made major contributions. Let's get the facts, let's keep working this, and let's remember, um, water isn't the only source of lead, and so we need to make sure we're encouraging people to look at other places that could create a threat. Now let's make sure we encourage people to look at anything that is not the giant catastrophe that just happened on my watch in Flint, Michigan. Governor, the water of Flint, Michigan has been poisoned. And this isn't like, let me just stay here for a second. I think the resistance to this being seen as a national story is because people think of lead as being like a long-term infrastructure problem, like, ah, things went bad in that old city that needs work. This is like, if you want to make an analogy to personal health, this is not like something finally coming due after you've had you know, bad diet and no exercise for 20 years. This is the personal health equivalent of having been shot. This is not something that went bad over a long period of time. This is, they flipped a switch to turn off one spigot last April and turn on a different spigot. And the spigot they turned on poisoned the kids. The kids of Flint, Michigan have been poisoned by a policy decision. All at once. The town has been poisoned. Under your watch, Governor, through the actions and inactions of people who report to you and the people who you appointed. The emergency manager who signed that initial order to get ready for drinking from the river, he reported directly to Governor Snyder and to no one else. The emergency manager who sold the pipeline that should have been the escape hatch, he reported directly to Governor Snyder and no one else. The agency that did not tell Flint how to do this safely and that ignored the fast rising lead levels in Flint's water and that disparaged the first, first the EPA whistleblower and then the professor and then the local doctor who all tried to help, that agency reported to and continues to report only to Rick Snyder, the governor of Michigan. And now Governor Snyder is like, well, I guess we could try to do a little bit more to help you, but we, you know, we've done a lot. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. How about a task force? How about I appoint someone with a lot of experience in PR, which Governor Snyder did this week as part of his response to this crisis. He appointed a brand new state paid communications professional to handle this. This month in Lansing, a local pastor tried to get a petition approved for recalling Governor Snyder from office because of this man-made disaster. Look at this. Look at, this is the petition. Just look closely at it. It's a handwritten thing. Twice now he has tried with a handwritten petition to recall the governor for decisions made by him and his appointees and his administration related to this scandal. His petition has been rejected on technical grounds. For instance, Governor Snyder's private attorney argues that the recall petition is not timely because Flint switched to the river water that poisoned the town back in the governor's first term. And now it's the governor's second term, and so basically got to let those bygones be bygones. Can't recall him for that. According to Rick Snyder's lawyers, what's done is done. Settled. Nobody is accountable. Certainly nobody in the governor's office, and certainly not the governor. Mr. Snyder did manage to cobble together enough money to switch Flint back onto Detroit water for now, even though they sold the pipe. In Flint, though, remember what this problem is technically, right? Corrosion by that river water that came through, right? The pipes are still in Flint, all scoured out from the untreated river water. Who knows how long they're going to keep leaching lead. Is Flint habitable anymore? Really? Michigan made a decision with Rick Snyder a few years ago to do something very, very radical to the way we govern ourselves as Americans, something that nobody else has done. 
Now we're getting in the first results of what they have done. I did not expect those would have to be blood test results from kids, but that's what they are. That's what Rick Snyder did. And now to our common ground with Janice Graham. The damage done by these decisions and the callous apathy and neglect on the part of officials to admit their errors and to work expeditiously to correct them displays a staggering level of ineptitude and criminal negligence. I want to thank Rachel Maddow for the work that she has done in regard to assembling the facts about what happened to her. Our number is 347-838-9852 if you'd like to get in on a discussion of this. One of the things I want to do is to try to review with you uh, some of the commentary um, on, uh, on, in onla- online publications. Uh, Glenn Ford, of course, at the Black uh, Gender Report has looked at the in has looked at the Flint incident uh in terms of other communities that are predominantly black in America in his editorial poisoning black cities and one of the things that he says is that it has taken the poisoning of an entire city of 100,000 people 52% of them black to draw national attention to the human effects of systematic corporatization of the public sphere under neoliberal U.S. capitalism. In the New York Times, um, Charles Blow concludes his article by saying that on Saturday he called Flint's governor... Night is Katrina. No, he says that on last Saturday, Flint's Governor Snyder called this incident Flint his Katrina. Today, he said he accepts that comparison, except Bush didn't cause the hurricane. Uh, over at Ebony Magazine online, there is an article that we bring your attention to. Did the EPA fail to protect a black community from environmental racism? You know, we do a lot of talking about environmental justice on this program. And water contamination and other kinds of contaminations which are close to home, are close in in proximity to traditional black communities across this country, ought to be a concern as, as we look through the lenses of what has happened in Flint. Another article that we suggest that you take a look at is um, MLive.com, which is a Michigan online publication, which have the documents which show Flint filed false reports about testing for lead in the water after they knew. 
And we have to ask the question, how does a government poison an entire city and get away with it? Imagine for a moment, imagine for a moment, if this had happened in a city where the governor or all of the decision makers happen to be African Americans. Imagine for a moment that something like this happened in a city of affluent American citizens and the media did not begin to cover the story until three weeks ago, more than 18 months after it began. The people of Flint, Michigan, have been begging the New York Times, Michigan newspapers, other national newspapers, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times, to cover this story. And I'm not going to get into the notion of or into the idea of what independent, no, of what corporate black talk radio did not do as black children, 8,000, nearly 8,000 of them were being poisoned and a government was denying in the face of scientific tests, in the face of medical testing in that community. I won't even go there. I won't even go there. Our number is 347-838-9852. And we're going to go to our phones. 610, you're on the air. Thank you for joining us in this discussion. Yes, hello, and hotel. Uh, Brother Brock, Brother Brock good to PA. hear from you. Uh, yes, it is great to hear from you. Excuse my absence throughout the week and months, but I'm back and being educated. So I'm in the classroom, I'm learning, I'm listening. I, I have followed the story, and not just the story, the, the, the debacle, and I have tried my best to pass it on to different people. Uh, one thing I, the, the two things that catch my attention are um, when we, when activists and protesters are in the struggle, and then when I hear uh, some of the, the the pundits or some of the leaders of the movement, as well as I guess I should say mainstream media. When it comes down to this key issue of lead poisoning, I wish they would stop trying to just pinpoint it on problem with the children. Uh, For whatever reason, people want to grab other people's attention by letting you know how bad it is for the children, when in my point of view, it's bad for everybody. And I know health-wise... Children get affected quicker and more severely with lead. I'm clear on that. I used to I do lead. I used to do lead abatement. I do asbestos abatement. Uh, you know, I got uh, hazmat certified. So I'm clear on all the dangers of, of a lot of the 
uh, 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 chemicals out here. But don't belittle the adult. It's a good point. It's a good point, Brother Brock. It's a a very good point because elderly people, people with certain kinds of chronic diseases, die from this. And it sounds like 10 deaths have occurred over these 18 months, early on, maybe over a year ago, but you don't hear about that. Yeah, one of the things they're trying to do is label that as Legionnaire's disease. But Legionnaire's disease is so wide and array, it's like saying sugary sodas. Mm. Uh, So I think that this is just another effort uh, to try to minimize the intent here. And I and I really want to say, there's in 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 some intent here going yes. on in this in 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 these circumstances. And you may disagree with me, but when I say that, I mean that after the EPA, after the state health officials understood what had happened, mm-hmm. there was the ball no off, notification. Though. There yep. was no notification, and they there was lots of denial to the public, which mm-hmm. exacerbated. People were still drinking and bathing in that water because of those denials. And that 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 leads directly to my when I said I had two points. That was it. The first point is don't just talk about the children. The second point is although I want to see. Governor Snyder put behind bars, I want to see all these officials put behind bars. Because just like when we used to argue about how bad of a job uh, President George Bush did, it was not just him alone. There were so many other uh, political figures involved with his debacle that I used to tell people, don't just focus on the one figurehead out here. Get them all. So don't just blame Snyder on this issue it's so many people that should go down in the flames on this. It's 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 pathetic, and I I'm just ups, I'm just uh, curious. Is just like the one report we heard um, uh, with from um, um, the lady who just spoke when you read Rachel Maddow. Um, Rachel Maddow. She said that. Uh, um, oh, dang, I just lost my point. Just that fact. That uh, <laughs> oh, oh man, it just slipped out of my tongue. It happens. Damn. Oh, I know. I, our heads get so full with all of this information. So I just want to see corruption. I want to see. I want to see so many people go down on this issue. It's but, I, I, you know, our governor is a governor not allowed to be arrested. Oh, that's it. She said that the report that the people put in to get the governor, the governor used his lawyers to say that is not allowed because that happened under my first administration and he was reelected for a second that term. Was simply, so, that was simply his spokesperson saying that. I'm not sure okay. what what the uh, regulatory uh, mm-hmm. authority is in, in that regard, but no person who commits a crime, and this is a crime, is yes, immune is. from being arrested and charged. Whether but so the far, governor no or arrest. the president. So how come nobody has been arrested? Even though I keep hearing people 
want the person arrested, does that mean official paperwork hasn't been presented to a police station so the police officers go out and arrest somebody? Well, you're going to have to. You're going to have to have the state. The the state attorney is going to have to file charges. It's as simple but, but, as that. You know, but they don't need state attorneys to arrest you or me. So I'm not, you exactly. know, if, if if you do something exactly. wrong to me, I call the police and say arrest that person. Which you know? is why so, we have so. to. You know, it was really interesting that I had produced a, a plan to show tonight uh, okay. called "Fixing Our Politics" mm-hmm. and talking about the infrastructure of how we deal with um, whatever political and legal public policy issues um, in 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 serving our interests. And it's interesting that you bring this up because I think that part of the problem has been, and it's always been, and I just want to say it very clear, that in our activism yeah. we get splintered because we don't have the proper political, uh, community, political <laughs> infrastructure into deal with issues like this, and we've got to get that right until we get that right. No amount of talking about white privilege and white supremacy and the Illuminati and the uh, Hotep and all that stuff, it's not going to matter. But I think you've made some really um, strident points here, and I'm really glad to hear it because I was beginning to one of the reasons that I ran the Rachel Maddow uh, piece is because I think people were forgetting some of the very basic kinds of facts that put all of this in motion, and that was that Rick Snyder had promulgated legislation which allowed him to do whatever he wanted to do. And that all took place with that emergency management from from years back. So exactly. all the pieces of the puzzle are falling in place. So That's mute, right. Mute the, my mic, and I can listen in the background, and I can let other people chime in, and I can enjoy the discussion. Well, it's so good to have you with us tonight, Brother Brock, and thank you very much for your for your comments. I think you've lent a, a lot uh, to to this discussion. We're going to go to three one two. And you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. Hey, Janice, this is House. How are you tonight? House, good to hear from you. You said it was your birthday today? Yes, it is. All right, well, happy born day. Um, Thank you. Like Brock said, said, it's great to hear you back. Um, Got a a ball of information and, and just opinions I've been wanting to express. And I keep missing India's show. I don't know what it is about Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday nights, night. 9 p.m. It's the I, I Declare I just, show. I catch him on demand, but I'm, I always miss him live for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do have to but, apologize. Uh, <clears throat> as many of you know, uh, I, 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 I just I get these colds, and I can't stop coughing. And uh, it's just so distracting when you're trying to do radio. So I've been trying to get myself well. 
And every time I get rid of one, I get another. So I'm hanging in there. It's always good to hear your show. I learn so much from you. And um, I just want to put some information out there. Uh, Brother Brock had just mentioned um, that the um, emergency manager law had been enacted a while ago. And I was looking it up a few days ago. In fact, it was enacted in 1990. Um, They've had this law in the books for a while. But when um, Snyder got in office, he um, he gave it some extra power. In 2011, I believe, he gave it some extra power, and uh, um, he kickstarted it. And he put it in his pocket, and he went out, and he did some shopping. And the first thing he bought with it was uh, Benton Harbor. And Benton mm-hmm. Harbor that went through this serious white-white fight. And um, he did it to get a really prime piece of property out of a, uh, as of late, impoverished black neighborhood. And it was specifically specifically for that goal. And, um, you know, then he went marching to Detroit um, with the same uh, power in his pocket. And actually the voters of Michigan voted it down. Um, it was on the ballot. The managed to get it on the ballot. And they said, no, we don't want it. And then he just turned around and said, okay, you can, we can do away with that one. With I think it was four, something four, and they just rewrote it and changed some words in it and changed some power. And and he passed it through the, uh, the all Republican uh, state houses, mm-hmm. and he was reborn. And well, it, you know, did. it also underscores the whole notion of the distribution of resources um to cities that are predominantly african american and and latino in this country uh that it is always those communities for some reason who go bankrupt mm-hmm. and who don't who do not participate equally or unequally, if you want to think about it, there are communities that need more of the state's resources than other communities. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just one of those people who I think that public dollars are not go to private uh, education yep. of any kind, charter schools, mm-hmm. the whole nine yards, uh, because that is how you imbalance the economic resources for communities like Flint and like Benton Harbor. I agree. Um, But you also, I'm going to invoke a couple of four-letter words. Go ahead. um, A lot of this, excuse me, all of this through Rick Snyder comes through Alec and the Koch brothers. Mm -hmm. This is all, this isn't, Something that he just came up with one night. This is all planned, and uh, um, it's targeted. And like you said, it's usually targeted against you know black and brown and poor, always poor folks. They're mm-hmm. never going to go mm-hmm. into a, a rich white section and take anything away from them because you know they're taking away from themselves. They will never do it. They already have the, the prime of the prime, and what they don't have, they're going to use these laws to get. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, we're afflicted the most, um, but they have a plan. And this was all Rick Schneider. 
All of it. He can't get away but, from any of it. I don't care what he says or tries to project the EPA, the federal government, Barack Obama, uh, whoever. He can He cannot get away from this. It's all on paper. Every last single word. It's on paper. He can't get away from it. So, yeah, hopefully he's going to be held accountable, but hopefully it's going to uh, wake people up and get them to see this stuff doesn't happen by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm, I'm really concerned about, as Brother Brock uh, mentioned, I'm really concerned about the criminal responsibility of the people who made these decisions mm-hmm. and those who participated in the cover-up of the decisions from the public. Yeah. Well, it's criminal responsibility. Well, from my understanding, they already took the first step to sever their accountability. Um, I heard that they proposed legislation, a past legislation, to remove the emergency manager from Flint. And now that they have their power back into the, the black female mayor's hand. So that's yeah, the that, first step. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting, and I'm not sure if she... Uh, is sat politically savvy enough to understand that um, she may be being set up to take the fall on set some of like this. That's yep. right. Set up like it's, a duck in a carnival yep. game. It's, it's, it's really it's scary how bad they're about to screw her. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand she was at the White House week before last. And she was probably getting some counsel. Um but the White House is in a bad spot because the only only person that's been held accountable so far is the EPA director in that region that, that stepped down or got fired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. else has stepped down. I don't know if you. I don't know if you read my introduction of, or those of you who are listening, read my introduction on. I always do a very thorough job of providing, um, providing information and an understanding about the issues we're going to cover on this program. And one of the things that I wrote in setting up this program is the question of who knew what and when has been tendered impotent. The governor, the municipal administrators, the state of health officials, and the EPA, they all knew one year ago. And genocide, eradication, and elimination takes many forms in this country in many ways, mass incarceration, the militarization of law enforcement, public policy and education, citizen benefits and housing and food, job discrimination, and a broad spectrum of systems of creating a hostile and abusive environment for black people. The consequences are total disenfranchisement invisibility, and now we have death. How are we as a people going to survive, and who is criminally responsible for all of this? Um, go ahead, let's not, House. I'm sorry, let's not just forget the, the, the men, women, and children who are all poisoned, but how long is that, how long is Flint, the city, Going to be uh, uninhabitable because you got to remember exactly. Also, what you know, but the other headquarters- the other part of that, I, I hate to interrupt you, but you know, I'm like Brother Brock. I might forget this. 
The other part of this is homeowners in Flint, real estate owners in Flint, mm-hmm. their property, their their pipes are now corroded, which means yep. that if there is going to be any inhabitable capacity for citizens of Flint, all those people are going to have to somehow figure out how they redo all the plumbing in their house. The city has to do all new plumbing into the systems that go into people's houses. But but not just that. Think of uh, if somebody's house caught on fire somewhere. They hooked up to the local municipal uh, uh, water. The fire hydrant was spraying mm-hmm. that same water all over. So it's in the ground. <coughs> if you water in That's your right. lawn during the summer, it's in the ground. It's not going mm-hmm. anywhere. So I mean that that's what that's also what I meant by it. But the yeah. fact that yeah, everybody's homes not just have to replace the plumbing and the city has to replace the uh, infrastructure, but those houses aren't worth anything now. Even if you did, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. They can't sell that. Yep. Who's going to buy? Absolutely right. And most of this has been a land grab. Detroit was about a land grab. Um, mm-hmm. If you look up and see who bought so who bought the most real estate in Detroit since it's um. It's bankruptcy. Um, one of the guys is Dan Gilbert, who owns the Cleveland Cavaliers. He bought up a good section of downtown um, and moved his businesses there from pennies on the dollar. And how the Super Bowl, excuse me, the, the dome where the Detroit Lions used to play, it was sold for pennies on the dollar, like eight mm-hmm. cents on the dollar uh, for what it was valued. And other people came in and bought thousands of lots within the city just to sit on it and some to develop it, but it depends on the dollar. But, you know, the other other thing that I think we have to start thinking about, and I have had some back and forth with Michael Moore, and I'm hoping that he might be able to join me either next week or the week after, is to think about how two things, the history of how Flint became poor, Hmm. and put that in the context of how it has been neglected by the state legislation, legislature. The mm-hmm. second is to think about what are the tentacles between the choking off of the city of Detroit, bringing, it their, bringing Detroit to its knees, yeah. Benton Harbor, as you mentioned earlier, and Flint. And the question is, now that the, the redevelopment plan is ready for the, the city of Detroit, how many other communities are going to get choked off? I'm, you know, because Detroit had great revenue from, uh, a bit, uh, from, um, from the city of Flint in, in purchasing their water. That was a great stream of revenue. Right. And I believe that it was a plan to choke off that revenue so that the real estate value in Detroit would continue mm-hmm. to tumble. Right. Yeah, that's a yep. land grab. They went, and they yep. privatized the pipe from uh, the Detroit River, uh, the Detroit water source to Flint. They sold that pipe. They sold yep. it to a, a private investor. And but suddenly, and then they said they couldn't buy it back because, you know, a deal's a deal. 
But when all the news broke, you know, suddenly they were able to get the pipe back, and they switched. Well, it has. It also has something to do with the new venture over the last three years of drilling by Nestle in that area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a lot of. political conspiracy going on here. Um, But at the end of the day, you have citizens who are sick, will become sick, and almost every child in Flint, Michigan, is going to have some form of developmental impairment or disability. Or and physical physical ailment. You gotta remember Nestle is headed by a man that thinks that he can buy all the water in the world and make it his if it's available. He That's doesn't right. think that there's any there's any public ownership that of water should not resource. be free. Yeah, you're right. absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we gotta pay attention to all this. And um and and real, I mean, I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but this is beyond a conspiracy. This is actually hey, happening. if it's true, if it's true, it's uh, if it's true, it's not a conspiracy. Thank you, house yeah. music lover out in Chicago, for your call, and I'm glad to be back with you as well. Thanks for your birthday wishes. Absolutely, have a good one. Bye bye. This is our common ground, and our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to look at the circle of lies on Flint. I'm Janice Graham, and we'll be right back. You're listening to our common ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. The odds of this daughter of a clergyman spending 11 weeks at number one on the U.S. singles charts? One in 19 million. The odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards? One in 1.4 million. Of having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 150. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn the signs of autism at AutismSpeaks.org. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. If it's real raw right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. Join my friend and colleague on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. The I Declare Show with India Declare. Are you breathing oxygen in? Are you raising the energy up? Or are you bringing the energy down? There's no middle ground. It's your real, raw, and right now talk radio. I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Blog Talk Radio. I declare it. Dealing with the difficult... Real raw right now. The I Declare Show. Baby. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. 
Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. endorsing Donald Trump for president. 
I figure if he's going to endorse Donald Trump for president, then maybe he thinks it'll be a good president, his opinion. Were you surprised that Martin Luther King Jr. endorsed Donald Trump, even though he got kicked off Celebrity Apprentice last year? Oh, yes. Um, I would be surprised, but you've got to do what's better. You know, the rich are going to support the rich, and they got to know how to take care of their money. Because if Donald Trump is being the money man he is, we'll take care of their money. Sup, TNZ? Were you surprised to learn that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. never once voted for Barack Obama? Actually, I am. Why is that? I am surprised. He would think because of minority that he would want to vote for Mr. Obama himself. But the whole being deceased and not being able to get him to vote. Which is true. Do you think Martin Luther King endorsing Donald Trump was a reaction to Malcolm X endorsing Hillary Clinton? Well, Malcolm X and Hillary Clinton, they, from Martha's Vineyard, they both, Malcolm X has a home on Martha's Vineyard. So they vacation with Water ski together? Yep, they vacation, they golf together when they were on Martha's Vineyard. Yes, my brother was on Martha's Vineyard. You ever see Malcolm X out there with him, walking around? I have never seen it. My brother has Fernando, is there anything you want to say to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on his big day? Congratulations, Martin Luther King. If you support Donald Trump, then that's the right thing to do. If he's going to make this a better nation for us to live under, then it's all he got my support, too. You know, let's make this one nation under God and all the power in the world to you. So let's just do what we got to do for our country. Let's bring the Chargers in and kick the Mexicans out. No, 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 no. Hey. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now, back to Janice. So if you're wondering why um, Governor Rick Snyder has had two terms in the Illinois governorship, then you don't have to look any further than the people who vote for them. We have not done a lot of covering of of various um, public discussions and news uh, about Bill Cosby and Donald Trump and what's going on in the 2016 campaign, not because they are not of interest to you, but we try not to be driven by what's going on in the mainstream media, because underneath it all, unless we are taking care of what is important in our local lives, our school boards, our city commissions, I mean, in Flint, it was very clear that this all started with the city council, uh, uh, the Flint City Council uh, either not paying attention or not getting the word out and organizing its citizenry against what was the fascist um, moves, the fascist operation of a Rick Snyder. 
that may be a simplistic way of looking at it, but uh, where were these people in 2000, as, as House Music Lover uh, pointed out, where were all these people who are now poisoned uh, in 2011 when Rick Schneider fought for and got the power to remove the elect the democratically elected officials in this town. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two and we are our common ground. I told you before we go to the break that one of the things I wanted to share with you is to look at all of the lies and the cover ups that went on here. And uh when we come back we'll take your calls and your responses. In their attempt to avoid responsibility for the Flint River disaster, state and city officials keep telling the same lie. They falsely claim Detroit cut off Flint's water supply, forcing the city to draw its water from a dangerously corrosive river. This lie was most recently told by Sarah Werfel, spokesperson for Governor Rick Snyder. The Detroit Water and Sewer Department at the time back last spring saying, hey, we're going to cut you off. That's a lie. In a letter obtained by the ACLU of Michigan, Flint Emergency Manager Darnell Early wrote this to the Detroit Water Department just before leaving their system. Thank you for the correspondence which provides Flint with the option of continuing to purchase water from Detroit. The city of Flint has actively pursued using the Flint River. There will be no need for Flint to continue purchasing water from Detroit. But officials kept acting as if that letter never existed. One year after Early sent that letter, his successor, Emergency Manager Jerry Ambrose, tried spinning the lie to a large group of frustrated Flint residents. It was Detroit that sent us a letter that said, we're canceling your contract. Go find your water someplace else. All right? And we said, I'm not sure that's true. Well? Detroit did terminate a 50-year-old contract with Flint, but it was only to renegotiate rates. The lie is that Detroit said, go find your water someplace else. Detroit repeatedly attempted to enter into a new deal that would keep clean, safe water flowing to Flint. It was state-appointed emergency manager Darnell Early who rejected all offers from Detroit. He claimed switching to the river would save $5 million. The full cost of this disaster, both in terms of damage to human health and destruction of the city's infrastructure, have yet to be calculated. But the liability will be immense. We've sampled more than 277 homes, collected over 850 samples. That's 10 times more than the city's 69 samples. You learn the most from studying the worst cases. And unfortunately, this is one of the worst cases of lead in water arising from bad engineering and science decisions. The whole problem arose because this corrosive water source was put into this distribution system. So the corrosion's eating up the pipes, it's eating up the iron pipes, it's causing main breaks, it's causing discolored water. In about 20% of the homes, there's just too much lead. We recently found out that the National Science Foundation gave us a rapid response research grant of $50,000 to look at Flint problem for a year. So we're here around for a while. Immediately following that announcement, Flint Public Works Director Howard Croft brought out the same lie, placing blame for the switch to river water on Detroit. And we were kicked off their system. But Croft changed his story when confronted with our evidence. 
when we were terminated from the contract for the Detroit. Well, let terminated. me just address that. I have okay. a letter from Darnell Early saying the city of Flint has decided not to continue using Detroit water. And I have a letter saying that. I'm not disagreeing. Okay. So the city chose not to stay with Detroit. Once the contract was terminated, I think evaluation has gone on all the way up to the state level uh, on what would the best course of action would be for the city of Flint, and that was determination. All the way to the governor's office? All the way to the governor's office. It was when asked if Governor Snyder was responsible for the switch to the Flint River that his spokesperson decided to tell the lie. Howard Croft, the Director of Public Works for Flint, in a recent interview said the decision to switch to the Flint River came out of the governor's office. I can't address that at all. In fact, because at the time, you go back to the history of this, making a switch, um, the Detroit Water and Sewer Department at the time back last spring saying, hey, we're going to cut you off. After 18 months of public outcry, Governor Snyder recently held a press conference to announce that Flint would return to the Detroit system. During that press conference, it was disclosed that lead in the water of one Flint school was nearly seven times higher than the federal action level. The list of victims of the Flint River disaster keeps growing. Even so, Snyder said the proper response isn't about blaming anyone. Again, this isn't about blaming anyone. Right now, I want to stay focused in on the solutions and taking action to solve the problems. Many Flint residents disagree with Governor Snyder's no-blame attitude. There is blame. We have to look back because we have to know where the problem came from. No, you want to see blame? Go to that school where that kid's got to drink that water right now. Transforming truth to power. One broadcast at a time. Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Broadcasting radio and black. In a cold sweat. You know, you have to break out in a cold sweat when you think about this this Flint issue. And and one of the questions I think that has to become real for all of us is to what extent this was pure intentional negligence. I, I don't understand how many how many examples of eradication of elimination extermination that we have to have in this in this in this country to understand that our people are targeted the question of who really is responsible has become just so clear and suddenly widespread on thursday news broke that the us house uh, we'll be calling uh, Governor Snyder to testify, and I might even take off a day from work to watch this testimony. The EPA official responsible for Michigan also resigned on Thursday, 
And Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton have both called for Snyder to resign. The Wall Street Journal points a finger at every level of government, which they should. We have to begin to be clear as we disentangle the blame and 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 it prove it will prove to be a difficult task if we don't have a denial that these people lied they covered up they covered up not only the 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 problems for the for flint citizens but they also covered up for each other um much more's uh the emergency manager's statement uh, is a bit callous, but his mention of Dylan is tangential. Dylan's role was simply to sign off on the change to taking water from the Flint River because of the size of the transaction. Prior to the switch, Flint had been preparing to move away from water provided by the Detroit's water services. In any case, the final authority for this decision rested with Early. He was the man. He is y'all brothers, but see, I believe in the Neil Zorin, as in Zora Neil, way of thinking. All folks who's your color ain't your kin. He was the manager, and that makes it jarring to see much more right how how does somebody get a name like much more but that's that's not really important in all of this in the same email quoted uh in, in an email that I'm going to quote that the state department of environmental quality and Co- community health complained that the water issue had become a political football the email read The issue of Flint water and its quality continues to be a challenging topic. You're poisoning people, and you're calling it a challenging topic? The switch over to use Flint River water has spurred most of the controversy and and decision. The DEQ and the DCH, which are the health uh, and environmental quality organizations feel that some in Flint are taking the very sensitive issue of children's exposure to lead and trying to turn it into a political football, claiming the departments are underestimating the impacts on the populations and particularly trying to shift responsibility to the state. But for the one thing, it had become clear by the time of the writing of that email in September 2015 that Flint's water had dangerous levels of lead. The residents weren't just angry because they saw a partisan gain. They were angry about brown, tainted water coming out of their faucets. That's what they were angry about. Our number is 347-838-9852. And I forgot the part about, you know how, have you ever, uh, if you listen to the India Declare show, when India, um, when India quotes something, she says, she says, 
quote, and then she says whatever it is, and she says, close quotes. Well, I forgot to do that, Indian. I'm, 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 I'll do that the next time because I love that. This was deliberate and intentional. Deliberate and intentional. Let me let me talk a little about the false filings, and I'll, I'll give out our number again. Am I giving it out too 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 fast? And that's why people are not calling for discussion. Am I giving out too fast? Uh, are you all had too many whiskey sours and it's slowing you down a little bit here tonight? Three four seven. Eight three eight nine eight five two is our number. Um, and if you want to discuss with our chatters, we've got a lot of chatters in the chat room. You can come to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. Uh, but he, he, there were some documents uh, as these water quality problems were mounting. Water samples were being sent to state labs for testing in the first six months of the year. I'm talking about, we're talking about 2015. You know, Anheuser-Busch is sending 51,744 cans of water to aid in Flint's water crisis. There are lots of celebrities. Cher sent uh, 100,000 bottles of water or whatever, and some football players. And then there was a GoFundMe to to give $10,000 to um, for the Flint water crisis. Um, and then hundreds of people have been tested at free blood lead level clinics. Uh, during this crisis, but water samples were sent in the first six months of last year. Um, but they were all marked as having come from homes with lead service lines, but actually, almost always came from homes at less risk of lead leaching. Houses with underground plumbing made of copper, galvanized steel, or materials that could not be identified. Uh, In response to questioning the Flint Utilities Administrator, and his name is Mike Glasgow, because I think that in this public dialogue and discussion about Flint, we need to be calling these people's names. Early is a spawn of the devil. He was the city manager, the appointed city manager. He's a spawn of the devil. But Flint Utilities Administrator Mike Glasgow said the city was struggling to collect the number of samples that were required. And this was at the city switch to Flint River as its source in April 2014. 2014. I think that one of the things that I I know that you all are not 
glossing over is the effect of lead being consumed by humans. Lead is a toxic element that can damage the brain and nervous system of children. It can increase, aggravate chronic illnesses in adults. Can you imagine that you are a cancer patient undergoing chemotherapy or radiation or wherever, whatever it is to treat your cancer, struggling to stay alive, and you are drinking water. Because they tell you, I'm, I'm a cancer survivor, I know. And I'm not a, I, I, at the time I wasn't a big water drinker. I drank coffee all day and Diet Coke, which is might might have contributed to, well, we won't even go into that. But can you imagine that? I, I give you an example. You're a cancer patient and you got to get a PET scan. A PET scan is a 4D rendering of what's going on in your body what your body looks like. And one of the things that they have to do is that they have to inject your body with radioactive isotopes. They put it through an IV. The other thing is you have to drink some stuff. I don't even want to ask what it was I was drinking. It is so nasty that they mix it with... um, crystal light to try to mask how nasty it is. But you know you have to make crystal light with water, right? So here is a cancer patient struggling to get healed, to get cured, and you are drinking your crystal light at the local cancer treatment center with the damn Flint River lead toxic water. Now, some people might not get the import, so let me bring this home. When you are in treatment for cancer, your white cells are about at zero anyway. So here you introduce new kinds of toxicity combined with the toxicity of the cancer drugs. So the state, the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality admits that they were aware But one of the things that they did not do is they were not giving any credence or validity to the input of the medical community in Flint. You see? And 
you 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 will understand when you really take a look and research and understand what has happened in Flint, Michigan, or what has happened in Katrina, or what happened to the black folks in Sandy Hook, uh, Hurricane Sandy, not Sandy Hook, you will understand a little bit better about how genocide happened. This is some Jim Jones kind of shit. Am I, I? I don't know. Somebody in the chat room. Where in the hell is Alpho? Damn, I don't know where Alpho is. But why I say stop saying Black Lives Matter because they don't. What we have got to do is build an infrastructure so that people like Rick Snyder cannot thrive politically. Now, that means that when I ask you what are what are the what's the metric by which you decide who you will vote for? You know, it's not good enough for us. We look at Flint, and it's just simply not good enough to say, let's get out to vote. Sometimes you've got to get out to defeat a candidate, to say, I, you know, it's like we're always up against this option that we have to take the devil we know because we're stuck with people that we don't really want, but we don't have an independent political party in which we we got to take the, the the Democrats because I mean who the hell is going to vote for Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, Rubio, Mar- Marco Rubio, uh, Jeb Bush? Those are your choices. And the other man, Christie Christie. John Christie from New Jersey, the governor of New Jersey. He's a liar and a fake and a fat mouth. Um so uh how you how how sometimes you have to get out and say I don't about who the other candidates are, but I am going to work against Rick Snyder. He cannot be the governor in the second term. Sometimes you have to do that. And I realize, but, you know, I'm not going to give you all a pass on this because you got to know what your end game is. You know what my end game is? My end game, I, I got two things on my bucket list, my lifetime bucket list, to leave the world a little bit better off than I found it and to make sure that my grandchildren my grandchildren are better off than their mother. Not me, because you got to go a long way to be better off than what I found, but better off than their mother. And by the way, if one of them little rugrats are listening, thank you very much. I loved the chocolate cake with the chocolate 
shavings and the um strawberries it was one it was a wonderful cake even if M2 doesn't like chocolate, which he announced he doesn't like chocolate, so it it couldn't be. So I said, well, I guess then it's not your birthday cake, okay. Um, so getting back to Flint, we have to understand. I want you to hear what this man, I mean, I understand. I look at Barack Obama and, and uh, President Barack Obama, and I understand what a tremendous burden it is. Because I know it's a tremendous burden for me to, on a daily basis to be criticizing his ass. But what a tremendous burden it must be to have that many people vote for you and you messing up. Or you're doing a good job. It's just a burden every day to think about. I either got to walk through, jump through, jump over, or squirm. That's the life of an elected official. <laughs> they asked me, and I've just, I've just, um, I, I, I just, um, I I just don't know um, that we can't get our own personal in game in place. I, I just I just don't get that. So I want you to hear what Rick Snyder had to say for himself in a recent interview about what is happening in Flint. I got to find, you know, I'm asking the engineering department over here. Um, I can't wait for for Alpha to come back to do some analysis on all of this stuff. Um, and... I've got some calls. I guess I'll go to the calls before I go to Rick Snyder. 770, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, It's an important issue, but look, I don't mean to be unduly contentious, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to get contentious here. Uh, You just mentioned a little while ago why anyone would vote for the Republican candidates, such as Christie and, uh, you know, Trump and... Uh, Cruz and, and how horrid they are. I mean, they're utterly beyond the pale of human consideration, I would imagine, according to the things that you just got to say. And to some extent, I share your antipathy for many of these Republicans. I think they're cowardly. I think they won't oppose this agenda of this hideous creature in the White House and the rest of the things he's doing. So I understand your antipathy to him because I share much of it myself, although probably for different reasons. But if you're going to tell me the Republicans are just beyond the pale of consideration and cannot even be considered to be elected to public office, certainly by people in the black community, then I would ask you, then why should you consider a Democrat? Because every single place where these people have been in power for decades, and I do mean decades, where black people tend to congregate and be in large numbers, it's a literal hellhole. 
Every can one I, of these issues involving you? the police, every single one is one in a democratic okay. institution. Your For decades. Without your exception. Is, your, your speech is over. I heard your question, but we're talking about Flint. I understand the same thing with Flint. Another Flint. democratic utopia. Same thing. A miniature Detroit. Okay. Democrat. We hear you. You want to make a speech. And, and in fact, if you, you want to look at objective... If you'd like to look at objective standards of measurement, just numbers, just raw numbers, the best rate of black business startup and uh, uh, household income increase and graduation from high school and every single metric of... of You're not going to shout me down. This is my show, and I'm going to have my say. You're attacking the propaganda of Negro liberal, Negro whisperers. I don't want to hear it. Thank you for your call. We're going to go to 865. You're on the air. Thank you for your call. Negro whisperers? That's a new term. Interesting. That's pretty fascinating. I'll have to pass that along. Could you give me the the, uh, definition of that? Some people just don't get it. 773, you're on the air. Well, good evening, Dennis, and happy birthday to you. Well, um, thank you very I much, Alpho. Um, I see you, I, you, you know, uh, let me, Alpho, you've known me for many years now, and we've shared the microphone and produced shows together. This is Alpha of the Alpha <laughs> Show at TruthWorks Network, who is on leave. You know that I do not suffer food on the air. I don't care about being being perceived as uh, arrogant. If you don't share in this particular ideology of protecting and serving black folks. I want to talk to you. Clear as that. I'm not interested in getting into arguments with neoliberal Negroes or silly white people. Well, you attract the trolls. There's no doubt about that. You definitely attract the trolls. I'm a troll magnet. (laughs) Yeah, you're, you're a troll magnet. And, you know, when you have people calling up, and they're spewing that type of nonsense, especially the nonsense of uh, where the population is, you know. You know, uh, let me let me let me just say this. I, I I want people to hear it very clearly. Black Republicans love the Republican Party because they give them a penny. On the dollar. Sometimes. So when when black people start talking about, oh, the Republicans are so open to black entrepreneurial uh, efforts and activities and and what do the Democrats do, neither of them damn people do anything for me, so I'm not going to have that argument. But it is the black elite 
that contribute significantly and substantially to black poverty and black oppression in this country, and I'm not interested. That's why black elites jump on their bandwagon. So what's up, Alpha? I know you got something to say about Flint. I've got a great deal to say about Flint, and one of the things that continues to haunt me, and it haunts me even before it happens, with all of the criminality that's here, when you have the people of the state uh, trying to, uh, I would say, discredit the complaints that they were getting, the ignoring the you know the the real evidence that they were presenting the med- and ignoring the medical community. What you have here is genocide, plain and simple. Now, like uh, I've heard so many other people say, if this were a white community, a white town, you would not have seen this switch. And the mere fact that they turn around and they lie about Detroit kicking them off of the water, uh, off the off their water. And, you know, they've got memos, they've got text messages, they've got emails. And it's just, it's just a bare-faced lie, but that's what they traffic in. They traffic in lies, innuendo, and just a lack of reality. They live in a bubble. And Schneider and all of them, the financial manager, all of them should be locked up. They should all be charged. And this is where the rub comes. The Justice Department. Oh, we're investigating. Well, charge these people with the crime. Depraved indifference, uh, genocide, whatever. This is, this is, if this were done by, let's say, uh, uh, a radical Muslim If someone poisoned the water It would be considered an act of terror And it's only because This has happened to the people in Flint When you talk about them, The uh, financial manager All of that was uh, That was a, a A done deal Because well, if you Alpha. look at the Somebody did poison the water. It is an act of terror. Yeah, but, but Janice, my point is simply this. Not only will the people on the side of the poor community side with the stupidity and the excuses. But you also have, you just watch when these class actresses, uh as they evolve and how many judges rule against the people who have been poisoned. The judges are, are their firewall. The, the legal department, the legal community is their firewall. The Justice Department has absolutely no intentions of prosecuting these criminals. Now, eh, 
It's a, it's a, what, how, many, how many children are we talking about being poisoned with lead? 8,000. 8,000 children. Now, this is some... This is some 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 African style genocide here. Like I said, if this worldwide community, these moves would have never been made. And someone needs to beat this ad nauseum, beat this course to death. Alpha, the, do do you remember some years back when I had David Nyhart? Nyert, the founder of Crooks and Liars. And he had just published his book, The Eliminationists. And he said, and I'm trying to, you know, my brain is 66 years old now, but he said that eliminationism is a politics and a culture that shuns democratic exchange of ideas in favor of the pursuit of outright elimination of the opposing side, either through suppression, exile, and ejection, or extermination. Are we dealing with extermination here? Yeah, absolutely dealing with uh, a certain level of extermination. And you know what I, I want to do? Go ahead. When I tell you to watch the judges, their firewall, their firewall will be the people who make the final uh, decision on whether or not, the, what level of criminality is in there. These are the, they want to put this off as though these are just uh, stupid moves by a state government. Yeah, yeah, they do. The, they money, do. That, the money that he has that they're trying to save with this water switch has, will absolutely be, uh, I will say, very, very small. Yeah, to yeah. the money that they will pay out because if the law works for black people, the same as it works for white people, Michigan should never recover from these crap actions. You know, and, the, and and Snyder's trying to say that the state didn't have money. The state had money. Well, that's well, that's what they said about. Um, that's what the state was saying about Detroit, as they methodically dismantled Detroit and basically. Detroit of their revenue. Yeah, yeah. Hey, also, I want to run through through the 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 lies that Snyder told in an interview about to go before his emails were revealed. But you and I need to do a special on on this. Are you up for it? Uh. I should be. Okay, next Friday night. Are you all listening? Next Friday night, 10 o'clock. Next Friday night. Yeah, your time. Yeah. That's what what I'm... I'm, 
and I say it and I say it with a little reservation because just like this evening at nine o'clock when you came on, well my time nine o'clock, ten o'clock yours, I was well, I don't have a computer. My computer is down, and it's been down for, well, Monday, Tuesday, it'll be a week now. But uh, that's why I'm not in the chat room. I can only... Oh, we've been asking for you. We've been looking for you. <laughs> well, we'll talk and, about it. And everybody can, okay, look, well, everybody can look at TruthWorks Network and our Common Ground websites to see what we're doing. I'm I'm okay. dying for you to do a full analysis of this. This is this is <laughs> if you were never convinced of white supremacy and the genocide that has befallen black people, this is a classic example. I mean, see, I'm calling it an extermination because genocide has some other uh, genocide is a legal term. Extermination well, is not. There's nothing Alpha, legal thank about you call. Thank you. Okay, and we want to thank everybody. We're going to um, go through Rich Snyder and what he had to say two weeks ago. Thanks for seeing us. No, it's great. Good. All right. Flint's poor. It's majority black. They feel like you've abandoned them. Is this your Katrina? Well, if you look at it, this is a disaster. I mean, this is something that I had people that worked for me, to be blunt, that let all of us down. But I'm responsible, so I'm not trying to get out of that. You have to be responsible for these things. I'm taking responsibility, but I want to fix the problem. Lead aside. Yeah. How could you have not known that water was toxic for a year and a half? It was orange. It had fecal material in it. They put chlorine in there that could poison people. GM wouldn't put its machinery in it. Your spokesman was married to the spokesman of the DEQ. You didn't get a whisper, and if you didn't, what does that say about you? Yeah, again, there were concerns with the water, and I appreciate that. There were color issues, other issues. There were a couple boil advisories, and none of that was good. But those were being addressed in really their own issue in some fashion. The topic of lead didn't come up. Um, and again, Let's this, keep lead aside for yeah. a second. When you knew the water was awful and continually awful, you had the power with a pen to immediately switch back to the Detroit water. Why didn't you do that? Yeah, again, it's not that simple. Again, in terms of the power of the pen, um, those dollars need to come from an appropriation process. I don't write checks as the governor of Michigan. Then there was reports, talk, February of last year, June, July, about potential lead contamination. Even then, you didn't say, hey, let's, let's get out of this water source and move back to Detroit like you did recently? Well, to put it in context, the major discussions really were escalating. It really started more in the middle of the year and later part of the year. There, is a, there was a case in particular, if you go back to February, where there was a household. Um, and this is, again, where the information I was getting from the Department of Environmental Quality, the Department of Health and Human Services, were saying that's an isolated case. It's been addressed. New lines have been replaced. That they don't see any overall issue with lead in the water in Flint. And the same thing on the, the blood level testing. They didn't see that issue. I mean, I actually got, there, there's one of the documents that'll come out in terms of a briefing I got. It was September 28th of last year, still telling me that there wasn't a lead problem in Flint. I got a conference call that same day telling me that they believe there could be. 
It's I, frustrating, Charlie. This is, it this is not the kind of stuff that you, you want to be remembered for or have to deal well, with. Well, forget the memory part. Uh, or have to deal with today. I care about these people. That's right. who I work for. Could it be the style of government that you were running? I mean, with the emergency manager, it's almost czar-like power. Could it be you created a culture where the underlings in this bureaucracy wanted to please you and give you what you wanted? No, I don't think that's the case at all. Again, you need to separate the emergency manager. The emergency manager has no interface with the Department of Environmental Quality, the Department of Health and Human Services. These are experts that were career civil servants. How come nobody's been fired? Um, people resigned, and I replaced How them. How come nobody's been fired? Well, again, the people that potentially could have been fired resigned. Tell the people, though. Did you ask them to resign? Well, again, I don't want to get into all that kind of issue. They're gone, and new people are there. Flint wants to know when it will be fixed. Be bold. When will this be fixed? Give me a date. Give well, me a I, year. Yeah, I wish it was that simple. And, again. But a goal, so we can in all. In terms of a goal, I have several goals. Short term. I want to make sure that every household in Flint has access to water filters, water, blood tests, water tests, what they need to get them through the short-term crisis. Um, next set of goals, they're long-term goals. How do we get the water coming out of the tap to be safe and clean so you can just take it out and drink it like you should? Trust is gone, right? Trust is gone. It's got to be re-earned. Yes, absolutely. Your administration, your bureaucracy is saying the water is safe to bathe in. Nobody believes that. And the question, and answer it honestly, please, would you have your grandchildren bathe daily in that water coming out of those pipes now? Yeah. You would? Yeah, because again, that's the advice I've gotten. I wouldn't let my child chew on a Chinese-made toy. I don't think I'd let my child, as just a person, yeah. a rational person that doesn't know much, bathe in water well, we know there's high levels of lead. You would let your grandchild bathe in that. Again, I'm not saying that we don't know that there are necessarily high levels of lead in every bathtub. But again, there could be that risk. But we've been told by the experts that that is by itself, you want to watch the child. Again, you, this you is see, not... You see the irony in no, that. No, I answer. see the irony. You just don't want to leave them by themselves. You need to monitor that to make sure they're not drinking the water. So I'm not saying it's that simple. But again, you have to look at, you know, what... Some of the facts really are. In your time as governor, you cut business taxes $2 billion a year. We got some. And you see what an elected official will go, the extent to which they will go. We'll see you next week when we talk about fixing our politics. We need some Baker, some Ella Baker around here. I'm Janice Graham. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thanks to all of our callers, House Music Lover, uh, Brother Brock, Alpho, and, um, you know, if you want to be with me, you got to figure out how to do it. We rush into battle. We're soldiers. We get hurt in a fight. We suck it up and we hold it down and we don't question. I like it or not. So I'm not asking you for the truth. I know the truth. So what I'm asking you is, what is your end game? You've been listening to Our Common Ground. Thank you for tuning in tonight. I'm Janice Graham. If it's Saturday at 10 p.m., I'll be listening for you. Do us a favor and yourself as well. Tell your friends about this broadcast. 
You can find Our Common Ground on Facebook, on Tumblr, on Pinterest, and Twitter at Janice OCG. I'm mad! We are fixed. Try to get back! We are fixed because we have children, because we have future, and because we owe it to our ancestors. We fix things. We stand. We tell the truth. We deal with our truth face on. We, the children of Shaka Zulu, we are gladiators. 